Good morning, church family. My name is Derek. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is good to be with you. It is good to see you all. Can you believe it's January 2018? I feel the same way, I think, every new year. I think of the, I listen to this, the sound of that, that number, and I think that's some number from, you know, space age in the future, 2018, and it's actually here. Um, as you know, uh, as some of you know, a couple of months ago, we took a break from our series called uh, God-Man. We are teaching through the Gospel of Mark, the, one of the stories in your Bible of the life of Jesus and his ministry. And we took a, a few weeks off of that for Christmas, and now we are back in the God-Man series. And uh, this series will take us right up to the empty tomb on Easter morning. So we're looking forward to doing that together. So grab your Bibles, if you didn't already, open to Mark chapter 12, and... Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we need you always. We need you every day. And especially now as we open your word, God, would you open our hearts before you? Would you open our hearts and our minds to see you, to hear from you, and to be changed by you? Father, speak to us through your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Mark chapter 12. Oh, I'm going to start reading at verse 28. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus had answered them well, he asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then Jesus continues speaking in verse 31. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. We're going to see in a few moments where those um, commands came from, wh which commands Jesus quoted from the Old Testament. Um, but for many of you, these are familiar words of Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and this, is, this is simple yet critical to who we are as a church family. Faith Evangelical Free Church exists to help people love God and love others. We want to help people near with that. We want to help people far with that. At Faith Evangelical Free Church, we are asking God to use us to point people to Jesus, to encourage people to put their trust in Jesus for salvation and, and, and we are urging and pointing and, and proclaiming the greatness of Jesus because we want people to surrender themselves to find life in Jesus Christ. We exist then to help people grow in their faith, to meet Jesus, to follow him, to continue following him, and to grow in their relationship with Jesus as master of their lives. So that's our, that's our hope and prayer for each of you. That, that we wouldn't think that we had just arrived, I'm a Christian, I'm good, I'm in, but that we would 
recognize God's desire to continue working in our lives, changing us from the inside out, giving us new heart and new desires. Um, so as we think back in 2017, as we look forward into 2018, I am thankful for all that I see God doing in our church family and how he is working in each of you that has submitted your life to Jesus. Um, and so let's, let's think about this, uh, these commands that Jesus just gave us to love God. Let's first consider this one. Love God. What has that looked like in our church family? I have seen this in so many ways since I've been here. I have seen this church family demonstrating their love for God. I have seen you demonstrating your love for our great God in many ways. Um, I've already sort of alluded to this, but I got to say it again. One of the ways I have seen your love for God is through your love for me and my family as we have been settling in and being welcomed and all that stuff. We have felt cared for, served, encouraged, prayed for, and you are very much a part of helping us adjust to life in Dallas, Oregon, and, uh, and we're loving it. And so, um, you know, uh, my family is, is obviously dear, dear, dear to me. We are in a, what, what Team Olsen, the season of life in Team Olsen looks like right now is basketball, basketball, some more basketball, and then maybe some basketball. Uh, we have four kids that are playing basketball. Today is the last day of a stretch of 10 days where we will have viewed 24 basketball games. Yesterday was seven. <laughs> so, super fun, super fun. I'm coaching one team, and I love watching all of them. A little busy, super fun. Um, and and I, I want you to know that I love being your pastor. It, it has been a new experience for me, a new challenge, a lot of learning curve, and yet uh, it has been obvious to me that God... Uh, brought us here. It has been obvious to me that he's at work here. It's obvious to me that God has uh, exciting things for, for continuing ministry in and through uh, Faith Church. So I am thankful to be your pastor, and I, I work very hard at it. Um, but as a follower of Jesus, I'm also thankful that you know that my life also includes being a husband and a father, and you have freed me to love my family first. I'm thankful for that. Uh, I have seen your love for God. Uh, I have seen this church family's love for God demonstrated uh, in the way you support our leaders. You know, here we are this morning talking about adding to our elder team. I have seen you support and pray for and encourage our elder team. I have seen the support of our church family for our staff team. And uh, that certainly is, is hugely important, and we're thankful for your prayers. One of the best ways you can support our leaders in our church family is by praying for us and by talking with us uh, and so that we can help you in any way that we can. Um, I'm thankful for our staff team. Our staff team, you know, what's, what's so fun about being on staff at a church is that we are freed by your generosity. We are freed to do a, a, a full-time what all Christians are called to do, and that's a blessing and a privilege, and we appreciate that. And uh, and I'm thankful for the staff team because Ephesians 4.12 reminds us that the leaders in a church exist to equip you believers for the work of ministry. And so I think our staff team does a great job uh, and works hard toward this goal, um, teaching classes, putting on events, uh, taking care of, of individuals and counseling and, and discipling and helping you learn to follow Jesus more and more. Our staff team 
uh, includes our, our uh, great leaders and teachers of Faith Christian School in educating our, many of our children and children from our community in a Christ-centered way. It's just gloriously beautiful what you are freeing our staff to do uh, full-time for the cause of Christ. And so this is exciting stuff that's going on in our church family. You with me? All right. <laughs> I got to say that once in a while just to see if I can get like a nod or something. All right, cool. Uh, you are showing your love for God. Another way you are demonstrating your love for God that, I, that we have uh, seen and been uh, privileged to see uh, here, especially in recent months, is uh, your generous financial giving is, is a huge grace of God to this church family. Uh, God is our provider, right? All that we have is his. And so we give back to, what, uh, to God and to his ministry, what he has given to us. But I have got to say, uh, your generous giving in 2017 more than exceeded what we had budgeted to spend. And that is a huge blessing. And let's hear it for your generosity and for God's grace to us in that. So thank you for supporting uh, the work that God is doing in, through our church, and uh, that allowed us in a couple months ago to, uh, to pass a budget for 2018 that moves us into some, some new exciting abilities, and so thanks for being part of that. I have seen your love for God uh, demonstrated in your volunteer hearts. So many of you are engaged in using your giftedness and time and energy and talents to serve others in our church family. And you need to know how loved and appreciated you are. Because it, uh, this, is, this is a family. This is not a business. We do have a few employees, yes. But this is a family with lots to do for the glory of Jesus and lots that would not happen. Almost all of it would not happen if it weren't for critical volunteers. Those of you that are giving freely of your time to serve our kids and to to do things behind the scenes and up front and to take care of the facility and on and on and on and on. Uh, so we love you and appreciate your love for God that is shown in you serving your church family. And, and by being here, by being here this morning and, 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 and many Sundays, you are showing your love for God. This is, this is critically important, not because you need to earn brownie points with God by showing up on Sunday morning, but because the author of Hebrews reminds us that we're not to give up meeting together, uh, that, we, that, we, that our gathering together is important for encouraging uh, fellow believers in Jesus. So um, attendance isn't, again, to earn points with God. It's, it's being here for your own spiritual health and growth, to committing to regular, consistent, frequent attendance so that you can be with family so that you can love one another, and so that we can point one another to Jesus. So, do we want to continue growing in our love for God? So we look back on 2017, and I, and I hopefully gave you just a few glimpses of the things I see that God is clearly at work demonstrating your love for him. And I want us to look forward into 2018 and beyond as well, and say to the Lord this morning, I want to continue to love you more. What does it look like, God, for me to love you with my whole heart, mind, strength? Um, what does that look like for us? How do we go about doing that? How might God be calling you to grow? How might this week and this month and this year lead you into new 
depths of your relationship with Jesus. Uh, A simple one, but one I want to encourage you on is to read your Bibles. Uh, You know that Faith Evangelical Free Church is a Bible-teaching church, and and it will always be a Bible-teaching church. And you will come on Sunday mornings, and you will come to Bible studies, and the Word of God will be taught as faithfully and 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 as diligently as we can. But I want you to know that you are not reliant on me and my teaching ability. You are not reliant on your Bible study leader's ability to know the Bible and tell it to you. God's word is living and active and absolutely relevant to your life today in 2018. And you can read it and you can understand it. And some of you unfortunately have been convinced by certain well-meaning people along the way that only us educated, Bible-trained, blah-blah-blah experts that get paid for this, that we only can understand it. Not true. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. God himself indwells you and gives you understanding and can help you reflect on his word so that when you open this marvelous gift from God that you hopefully hold in your laps right now, when you open it, you can hear from God, the creator of the universe. Okay? So friends, if you're not already committed to diligently, practically, regularly, consistently reading your Bible, I urge you to. And you know what'll happen? You'll get excited. You'll do it for about a week every day. Then you'll miss a day. Then you'll, then you'll be ticked off at yourself. Then you'll be frustrated, think you're a loser, and you'll quit reading the Bible. No! God did not smack you upside the head for the one day you missed. It's okay. Find a way to read the Bible regularly. Uh, I use an app called YouVersion. It's a Bible app on my phone. I actually like to read the physical pages of my Bible. Uh, You can definitely read it on an app, on a device, I mean. But I use this app on my device to tell me what to read every day. And then I open my Bible to read it. That's just the way I do it. Um, So if you don't already have this on your phone, YouVersion is a great one you can download and, and Get on there, and it gives you reading plans, all different, different kinds of reading plans, short reading plans, long reading plans, whole Bible reading plans, one book of the Bible reading plans, just options and options and options. Get in there, get on. It'll tell you what to read that day. Read it, and do your best. Keep going. Sound good? This is a, that's a great spiritual discipline to commit to. All right. Uh, How might we continue to grow in in our love for God? One, read your Bible. Two, another way that I think that we can grow in loving God and loving others is finding a way, if you haven't already done this, to make this church family a little smaller. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. There's over, I I would guess there's, there's 500 or more people that call Faith Evangelical Free Church home. There's, over, there's 500 or more people that come and go on Sundays and during the week from Faith Evangelical Free Church. Of those 500 whatever plus, um, best we can tell, there's about 125, maybe 150 of you that are connected to a smaller group within our church family. It's probably, give or take, which is great. 
and awesome. If you are regularly con- committed to and participating in an adult Bible fellowship um, at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, we're thankful, we're excited for you. That's a, I think that's a significant part of what God wants to do in your life. Many of you are also connected uh, or, or are connected to a community life group, a small group that meets in homes during the week. And so, so there's, this, there's this excellent, good-sized portion of our church family that is connected to some kind of smaller group within our church family. And I just, I want you to know how important this is. It's not just because I want it. It's not just because some weird reason. It's because I think when we get with other people that can know who we are and I can know who they are and we can invest in one another's lives and I can, and I can, um, and I can be challenged and I can be prayed for and I can be cared for, uh, this is, is such a, a way that God works for our spiritual growth. So I can't encourage you more. You're going to hear me talk about it all the time. I, I just, I think this is such an important part of being part of a church family is, yes, come on Sunday morning in the big group and we worship together and we hear from God's word, but also find ways to make our church family a little smaller by participating in a smaller group of people within our church family where you can really know and be known. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, the Christian life is meant to be lived in community. God did not uh, to create us to be lone ranger Christians. Uh, the Bible is full of one another's, the ways that we serve, care for, pray for, encourage, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another. It's full of one another's. And I think the reason for that is that we are meant to be in relationship, in community. So um, if that's an area where you want to get more plugged in, get more connected in our church family, uh, in two weeks from today, I'm going to start a new uh, class on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., and we're going to study and we're going to learn some, some excellent gospel truths together. But along the way, um, what we'll also be doing that'll be just as important will be helping us to connect with one another and looking forward a few months to creating some new small group opportunities within our church family. So especially, I'm speaking to you, especially if you are not already connected to an adult Bible fellowship on Sundays at 9 or a, or a community life group, if you have not had a place like this to connect with others in our church family, I would encourage you to start check, check out this class I'm, I'm going to facilitate starting in two weeks on the 28th. There's information in your bulletin about that. Would love to have you there. It'll be kind of a primer, a jump start for starting new groups so that you can be connected in our church family uh, down the road a few months. All right. Well, that was love God part. Jesus said, Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we've talked about how has God been working in our church family to show your love for God. We've talked about how we might want to continue to grow in our love for God. And and now if we think back to our passage, Jesus didn't stop there. Jesus said, and the second is this, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. So the question was, what's the most important? And Jesus gave two answers. And as we think a little bit more about that second part of the answer, that we can love God by the way we love others, I could talk about it, or I could play for you a really great video that does a great job explaining some of this. There's a a ministry called Bible Project on YouTube that puts out excellent resources on the Bible. And I want you to take a look at this brief video that relates to our passage. 
So if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this, actually, is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English, because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures, where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rachmah. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them, expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. 
So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. So, Moving into 2018, how might God be calling us to grow in love of God? How, what does it look like in our lives to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? And part of that, Jesus gives us. Part of the way he calls us to grow in love for God, he gives us in this morning's passage, is to grow in our love for other people, to allow his love to so change our lives, to be so filled with his love that we can't help but overflow with a life of words and actions that are love to a world who desperately needs God's care. So we want to also ask ourselves this morning, how might we grow in demonstrating uh, our love for God by our love for others? And uh, if you're like me, when you think of this command to love others, the people that first come to mind are the people that are easiest to love. God wants me to grow in my love for others, and I think, well, great, I got this cool family, I've got friends, I got church family, I got these people around me that I like hanging out with that are just like me, and they're easy to love. So God, would you help me to grow in my love for one another? Great, yes, that's a start, right? But we think first of the people that are like us, that, are, that we're comfortable around. Um, and so we certainly do want to do that. We do want to love family. We want to love our church family. We want to care for us here in this church family. We want to minister to one another and, and meet one another's needs and pray for one another and encourage one another. And in some ways, this is, this is some of the loving others that's a little easier. And yet we still need to grow in it. We need to ask God to help us with it. And, you know, when I think of, of caring for people within this church family, I have to remind you that ministry to people in this church family, that prayer for people in this church family, that teaching, that counseling, that helping nurture you spiritually in this church family is done, done way better and, and by way more people than just me. If you think, I mean, think about if there's 500 or more people coming and going from Faith Evangelical Free Church, if you are all dependent, it's, if each of you is spirit, if your spiritual life or your prayer life or your spiritual health is dependent on me, you're all in, in trouble. Because I can't spread that that much. Because there's not enough of me to go around. Are you with me? So I love what God has given me to do. And I work hard at it, and I will do my best at it. And our staff team, and our, and our school staff, and our elder team, and so many great volunteers in this room work hard at loving God and loving others so that we can care for you. But we have to be reminded that it's not just me. A functioning body, a functioning family of God's people functions best when, when every part, every person within the body does its part. 
because God is at work in each of you, because the Holy Spirit of God lives in each of you, because the Spirit has given you different strengths and abilities and energies and spiritual gifts, and the best for our whole family is when each part of the body exercises its giftedness. And when each part of the family is participating in God's work, that's when we are most effective for the glory of Jesus. So yes, God has given us uh, elders and staff to serve us and lead us and care for us. But God has also given this church family you, Christian, you, follower of Jesus, filled, filled by the Spirit and, and with gifts that the, this church family needs you to exercise with a heart that God needs you to show his love to others around you. And I think it's an important aspect of our faith, an important part of Christianity, we see it over and over in Scripture, is learning to die to self, learning to set aside our selfish desires and our own preferences and, and live for others and live for Jesus. So I constantly need the reminder, and maybe you do, that church gatherings, that church family is not all about me and what I want from a church family. It's not about what I get out of church. Church family is people, God's people, gathered together to join God in his mission to a lost and hurting world. Church isn't about what I prefer to receive or learn or, or event or thing I want to do. Church is people gathered together to serve alongside one another, to love one another, and to love God together, and to point a lost and hurting world to a great God who wants to rescue them through Jesus Christ. That's what church is, and we want to do that together so that God gets all the glory. But when Jesus says we are to love our neighbor as ourself, is he talking just about the people that are easy to love? No, I mean, that's who comes to my mind, is who, who I'm comfortable loving. But when Jesus says you're to love your neighbor as yourself— Jesus makes it clear elsewhere in, in, in another parable, and in our video reminded us that when the Bible says you are to love your neighbor as yourself, your neighbor includes those are the, that are way different than you, those that, that you're not as comfortable being around. It includes even your enemies. When Jesus says we are to love our neighbor the way we love ourselves, we are encouraged to love everyone all people, even our enemies. And the video also reminded us the least of these, the hurting, the broken, the poor, the orphan, the widow, the disenfranchised, the foreigner, the refugee. These are who God wants to love through his people. This is what we are called to do, friends, is to love God and love others. To ask God to really teach us to love. And to ask God to help us to really love people around us. Near, far, like us, not like us. I'll tell you what I'm encouraged by this in our church family. When our world continues to include 
um, grievous acts of racism and when our, head, our cultural headlines are dominated by uh, racism and uh, extreme nationalism and um, selfish focus for, for preference and for protection of self, we find ourselves in a church family that is this week, this past week or two, tangibly demonstrating to each other and to our community that, that God loves every person, that every person is an image bearer of God. The Bible tells us in Genesis that God made people in his image. Every human being made in the image of God is an image bearer. And so in the midst of, of, the, of the destructive and, and grievous and painful things that we hear about every day, we are in a church family that proclaims that God loves all people. This week at Faith Christian School, there was an assembly about the sanctity of life, that all life matters. There was a chapel that proclaimed uh, the truths that Martin Luther King taught toward equality and love for all people, regardless of skin color. We have Martin Luther King quotes on our screen and on our sign at the street because God's people love all people. So I'm so thankful to be in a church family where those are the values that we have seen from God and that we desire to, to speak to a world that needs to hear it. So may God help us to continue to grow in our love toward all people. Faith Evangelical Free Church has a long history of loving God and loving others. And I say, let's keep it up. Right, friends? Let's ask God to help us keep it up. Let's take that long history of Faith Evangelical Free Church of loving God and loving others, and let's ask God to help us keep it up because there are many, many, many among your blood family, among your friends among your church family who are lost and separated from God because they do not know Jesus. There is a community full of people in Dallas and Polk County and Oregon and the United States of America that need to experience God's love through you and me. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for your great work in our lives, that you sent your son. Father, we thank you that you demonstrated your love for us in this ultimate way, that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us, that we don't have to sacrifice, that we don't have to uh, uh, do religious checklists or try to earn your love. But God, we thank you that you sent Jesus to make the greatest sacrifice once for all, that his life, death, and resurrection make it possible for us to have new life in you. God, we thank you for your great love to us that is shown to us through Christ. God, we worship you as creator of all things, as, as our heavenly father, as our loving father. 
So God, would we give ourselves to you this morning? I pray for myself and my friends in this room that we would open ourselves to you this morning, that we would ask you to, to work in our lives, to, um, to bring us to increased love for you, to walking closely with you, to spending time in your word, to spending time with fellow Christians, God, so that we could grow in our love for you. And then, God, I pray that as you change us from the inside out, as you give us new hearts and new desires and new attitudes, as your spirit changes us to be more and more like Jesus, God, I pray that your love would be poured out to the world around us through us, that your love would overflow through our lives, that you would help us to demonstrate our love for you through our love for others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to stand as the ushers come to receive our gifts this morning. And it's a great opportunity for us to lift our voices and worship King of Kings, Lord of Lords, 